Welcome to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One, where I talk about geocaching and my adventures with it. One of my favorite things about geocaching is trackables. I love finding them, I love starting new ones, I love watching them move along. But some may wonder what is a trackable? A trackable is a movable game piece that is part of geocaching. Unlike swag, the point of a trackable is not to keep it, but to move it along. Some trackables have specific locations that they want to get to, and others just want to move as far as they can. Trackables don't come in one specific form. They come in all shapes. Most are generally small, but some do come in larger sizes. There is the standard travel bug that is a dog tag style trackable and typically comes with a copy that you can keep. Sometimes you may find one of these attached to an object that moves along with it. It could be attached to a small rubber duck or trinket or some sort of medallion. Or it may not be attached to anything. Some are special coins called geocoins. They can be the classic round decorative coin or it could be shaped like an animal or object. There are even Lego trackables that you can piece together like a Lego person or animal. There are holiday-themed ones, military-themed ones, dinosaur-themed, just about any sort of theme you can think of. So what do you do when you find one? Go to geocaching.com and select trackables in the menu. Here you can search the code found on the trackable. This will take you to the webpage associated with the trackable. Here you can find out the trackable's current goal and view any pictures that may have been posted associated with it. From there, you can decide if you want to move it along or not. If you move it along, add an entry log and mark it as grabbed. If you choose not to move it along, you can still have the option to log it as discovered and leave it there. Either way, you have an option to add it to a watch list. If you do this, you'll be able to receive email updates when it's moved or discovered by somebody else and watch its journey unfold. Unlike swag, you do not have to leave a trackable to take a trackable. You can swap out trackables if you want to, or you can gather up a few to move along at the same time. The choice is up to you. If you decide to help a trackable along, there are two types of logs you can do. The first one is a drop. This simply means that you left it in a geocache. The second is a visit or dip. This means you have brought the trackable with you to a geocache, but do not leave it there. These dips allow a glimpse of where the trackable has been between drops and are great for caches that are too small for the trackable to fit in like micros and nanos, but you can log a dip for any size cache. How long should you hold on to a trackable before moving it? I've heard different rules for this. Some will tell you two to three days. Some will say a week. The official rules from geocaching.com says two weeks. If you're going on a trip and want to take a trackable with you to drop it off, but it's three or four weeks out, it doesn't hurt to take the trackable, but consider noting it in your find log that you're waiting a few weeks to take it with you or send the owner a private message to let them know. It's a simple courtesy so the owner isn't wondering what happened to it. If you take a trackable and it somehow gets lost, you should send the owner a note as a courtesy so they know what happened. If you're interested in starting your own trackable, the first step is to obtain one. A good place to start is looking for one on geocaching.com. You can also find some on Amazon and other third-party vendors. Let's just say you bought one on geocaching.com. You place your order and in a few days your shiny new trackable shows up in your mailbox. Now what? The first step is to activate the trackable. To do so, go to the trackables page on geocaching.com and select Activate a Trackable Link. In addition to the tracking number printed on the trackable, the code that will be used by others to log it, your trackable may have come with an activation code. Type the information in the appropriate field and hit the Activate button. If your trackable didn't come with an activation code, or if you've lost the code, or ordered multiple trackables and managed to mix up the codes before activating them, there is a link you can use to retrieve the activation code using the tracking number. After your trackable is activated, you can edit its web page. On the trackables page, you can add information about the trackable and set a goal for it. 
The goal can be anything from getting it to a specific landmark or geocache, to make it to as many countries as possible, to move it as far and fast as you can, or anything you can imagine. You can edit the trackables goal at any time, so if you can't decide, you can always leave it blank and add one later. If you don't set a goal, then it'll just go where people take it to. Once everything is set, your trackable is ready to be dropped in a cache. Once it's dropped, it becomes a waiting game until another cacher finds it and moves it along. You can view the map showing its travels on the trackables page. The map will show a numeric pin indicating the locations of any dips or drops. Warning, this part of the show contains spoilers for the cache that is about to be discussed. The cache was called Dr. Evil's Face Your Fears, The Graveyard. Cache ID GED7YMHC. Difficulty Rating 2, Terrain Rating 2. The description read, Dr. Evil's Face Your Fears series of caches will highlight common phobias, fears, that many people have towards common everyday things or objects. Some phobias are steeped in years of conditioning and survival instincts. Some fears come from childhood experiences. Some fears are just irrational but cause anxiety and reaction nonetheless. Dr. Evil thought it would be interesting to create some caches just to see how caches would react to certain phobias. Each of the caches are designed to exploit, expose, and trigger a phobia response, assuming the cacher has that phobia. Many caches will have no issues with these caches, and some may decide to just DNF and walk away. Dr. Evil may add to the series from time to time as he gets a notion to. Good luck facing your fears. This cache contains several phobias into one cache since all of these phobias are often intertwined with graveyards and cemeteries. Chymetrophobia is the fear of cemeteries and is more common than one would think. The fear originates from a place where dead bodies are buried, thus triggering a reminder that one day we will all be laid in a cemetery somewhere. People with this fear often have an associated fear of death. Don't worry, that is not part of the series, yet. This fear can also be temporary after watching too many zombie or horror movies. Placophobia is the fear of tombstones and grave markers. This fear is usually accompanied with cometrophobia, since that is where tombstones reside. People with an extreme fear of death often have the phobias of places and things that remind one of death. Hagiophobia is the fear of saints and holy things like statues of angels. The fear is usually developed by past experiences attaching themselves to images of holy things or saints. For this cache, you will have to face your fear. Cache is a tombstone very near to a cemetery and has an angel statue. If you have any of these fears, then good luck. If not, please say hi to Francis for me. Hint, watch out for spirits. This was one of the caches I found with my family when we were out making our way to New Melly, Missouri. Like the cache mentioned in the previous episode, I targeted this cache because of its size and knew it should have some swag that my son would be able to pick from. This cache was out in one of the state's conservation areas and we had a mini adventure finding our way to it. We were using Google Maps to get there and it tried to take us on a direct route to the cache area by way of an access road that was locked and for authorized personnel only. We found a spot to pull over and looked at the map. After a few minutes, we found our way to the main entrance of the conservation area. I navigated while my husband drove, and we slowly wound our way to the cache. The road led us to a parking area near a lake. We would have to hike around to a wooded area to find the cache. The three of us climbed out of the car and donned our bug spray before heading out on the hike. It was about a quarter mile hike across the levee to a wooded area. When we got there, we carefully picked our way around Poison Ivy to a small cemetery called Othelna Caslio Cemetery. 
We poked around a bit and soon my husband spotted it. It was a wooden tombstone that said R.I.P. G.O. Cash with an angel statue next to it. The top came off and inside was a lock container full of trinkets. My son picked out a toy and we left one in its place. I also left behind a trackable I had recently bought before this caching trip. The trackable was a Signal Fabergé Egg 2020 coin. The goal for this trackable is just to see how far and fast it'll be moved. It's been about three weeks since I placed it, and as of the time of this recording, I'm still waiting for a notification that has been moved along. Hopefully someone will find it and move it along soon. Until then, I have a few other trackables I'm looking for places to drop them at. Go to geocacheadventures.org to check out the trackable gallery and view images of trackables that I own and have discovered. You can also find a link to Ode to Trackables, a poem by me, Shadow Dragon 1. You have been listening to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon 1. Feel free to reach out to me on my geocaching profile page, Shadow Dragon 1, or at geocacheadventures.org. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and thank you for listening. <laughs>